Welcome to this episode of On the Air, a podcast for individuals interested in teaching and learning about the profession of occupational therapy. I'm Stephanie Lancaster, and this is the space for exchanging and informing as we talk about topics and ideas related to the field of OT. Recently, I came across an article about two OT students who decided to voluntarily move into an assisted living community as a learning experience. The two are expected to take an active role in the community by building relationships with older adults and donating it a certain number of hours of their time to community service each week. Today, I'm excited to welcome both of those young adults to the studio, and I'm looking forward to learning more about them and their project. Michelle Zubko is a graduate occupational therapy student at Quinnipiac University, and she's originally from Long Island, New York. Michelle is one of the two current residing at Pond Ridge Assisted Living Community through the Student in Residence Program at Masonic Care in Ashler Village in Wallingford, Connecticut. Michelle is passionate about working with others to achieve their goals and she hopes to work with the geriatric community in the future. Her other hobbies include things like traveling, jogging, going to new restaurants, and spending time with family and friends. Julia Kowal is in her fifth year at Quinnipiac University, and she will be joining Michelle at Pond Ridge. Julia will be graduating in May with a master's degree in occupational therapy. She loves working with older adults. She loves working with older adults and bringing joy to that population. Welcome, Michelle and Julia. Thank you so much for being on the air. I'm really excited to talk to you both today and learn more about your experience in the student in residence program. But before we get to that, I want to ask you each how you found out about the profession of occupational therapy. So thank you so much for having us. Um, I became interested in occupational therapy. Originally, I was interested in special education um, and looking at that with children. Um, my mother was a, is a fourth grade teacher, so she gave me the opportunity to go in and observe in the special education classroom at her school. And that's when I saw that OT was something completely different and I didn't know what it was. And I knew that it sort of encapsulated the values that I was interested in and what I wanted to pursue. Um, and it was, it was right for me. So I kind of made my decision then. My story is a little similar, but also a little different. I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do uh, post high school graduation. And when I was thinking about it with my mom, the two things that I did know was that I wanted to help people and I wanted to do something that had to do with teaching. So right away we looked into education, becoming an elementary school teacher, maybe a secondary education teacher. Um, but then when we started looking more on the healthcare side of things, I found that occupational therapy does require teaching patients, teaching people, um, all different sorts of things that 
I didn't know then as well as I know now having to do with ADLs and everything. And I also just have such a passion for working in the geriatric community, which isn't really an option being uh, an elementary school teacher or something more in that education side of things. So I looked into occupational therapy more. I found out that Quinnipiac had a great program and I really loved the campus there. So it all kind of fell into place that way. I love that both of you recognized early on that there is a big component of teaching in occupational therapy. I think that that's something that even current OT students may not always realize. And um, sometimes OT students are asked to do presentations for their peers or, and I know that sometimes they get tired of, of group presentations and things like that, but it is really to learn about teaching and the teaching process is part of it. And that is a big component of OT, no matter what setting you work in really. So I like that you guys recognize that really kind of right out of the gate. I usually ask on the show, I like to ask guests something that they found really memorable or meaningful as an OT student, but I'm going to guess that what we're going to talk about today would be what you two would identify for that. So I want to ask you each what your favorite class has been so far in OT school. So I put my favorite class is uh, the development of the older adult. Um, I was just really interested in that topic. Of course, I love geriatrics. Um, and it was interesting because I always think of development, bodies growing and getting bigger and from children. Um, but there's a lot of changes that happen as you get older as well. And that was something that really piqued my interest in the older adult field um, and led me here. And I would say that my favorite class um, was actually my anatomy and kinesiolo kinesiology class. And it's tied with a lab component. And I think the reason for that is because it was such a challenge and it was so medically based. So being able to take on that class and perform well on exams and study hard. Not only was it kind of motivating for me in a self-growth aspect, but also it made me realize, wow, I can learn all this really um, tough material, but it's going to be such a good payoff for when I'm able to bring it forward, working with patients and being able to help them and support them in becoming more independent through this really complex subject. So I would say that one was my favorite. Very interesting. So let's get right into it. Would you explain how you first found out about the student in residence program and just tell us a little bit about that program in general, please? Sure. Yeah. So um, I found out about the student in residence program um, when I was in the club called Old Friends and New at Quinnipiac. Um, one of my best friends was the president of this club and it's focused around intergenerational relationships. So that club had been coming to Quinnipiac for a few years. Um, and that's how I found out about the student in residence program. And I also learned um, how wonderful of a community it is here. Um, and then I really got to know some of the staff and some of the residents. Um, and then they came in and told us about it um, in our OT classes as well. So we were able to watch videos and see past students. Um, and that's how I chose it. It was something that I really was interested in doing. Um, then I signed up. 
I actually think that the class that they came into was the class that Julia spoke about as being her favorite, the development of the older adults. And one of our peers was actually in the program at the time. And like Julia said, they showed us some videos and they spoke about their experience. And at the time, I was a resident assistant in undergrad and I knew I wanted to finish out that position because I loved it so much. But even in junior year, I kept it in my mind and I was like, that sounds like an amazing opportunity, such a unique experience, so right up my alley. I need to remember to look out for the application the following year so that I can do it in my graduate year. Um, and so then when the emails came out, we went to the info session, we filled out all the paperwork, we went for an interview and getting selected was a very special day. It was so exciting. I was like crying on the phone with my parents because I was just so excited to be part of such a special program. That's so interesting. I really am, am fascinated by this program. Um, so would you talk about the details of it? Like when you move in or, you know, what is your living arrangements there? So Michelle and I came in August, right about when the semester started up. Um, in our living arrangements, we both have our own apartments. Um, we're right in the same hallway as the residents. We have one of the residents on our wing, um, but then we're right near the lobby. So we're in the same type of apartment um, that the residents have. Um, and some of the other weekly, I don't want to say requirements because it's not like a forced thing to have to do. It's something that we enjoy doing, but the requirements that they talk about when you apply for the position, just so you know what is expected of you as a student and resident is about eight hours a week, um, being immersed in the community, spending time with residents, um, enjoying either lunch or dinner with them, um, going to activities that have already been established here as well as bringing our own activities and our own ideas to both the assisted living side and the Argonauta memory care um, wing of the facility. So um, we just really do our best to be a part of the community and just blend in and it is pretty much effortless because yeah. we have such amazing conversations with the residents when we see them whether it's in passing or whether it's in a program. Um, We'll play bingo just as competitively as they will. We'll play <laughs> trivia just as competitively. We'll go up and dance with them at live entertainment <laughs> on Fridays. So it really is, it was such a natural transition, but um, that's kind of like some of the quote unquote requirements yeah. that people are aware of before they apply to the position, just so you know kind of how the, how the program is run. What was the application process like? Um, so there was an email that was sent out to, um, I think it was the entire class, undergraduate, undergraduate class. Um, so we went to an info session um, here at the Masonic Care campus with the director of activities and recreation. And she kind of gave us some pictures and some examples of the past students and residents. She also gave us the um, weekly quote unquote requirements uh -huh. that, um, come with the position of being a student resident, and then um, open the floor for any questions. And then we got to meet some of the residents that night. And then um, we had to fill out a few short answer questions, mm -hmm. um, acquire some recommendations from professors or um, anyone that we had been working with in our past few years at Quinnipiac or even um, like extracurricular off-campus positions. Um, what else was there? 
And then after that, we just came in for individual interviews. Yes. Right, inter the individual interviews. And then we had a phone call a few weeks later telling us that we were accepted into the program, which was really exciting. Very exciting for sure. You mentioned, you used a phrase a few minutes ago that I want to ask you about. Use the phrase blend in. And I really like that because one thing that I think would be tempting for OT students or OT practitioners to do if they were in, an, in a residence program like that is to try to OT people while you're there rather than just to live amongst them. Does that make sense? Yeah, yes, definitely. It's, it's actually funny. That's something that we talk about a lot as OT students. We, we're acquiring all this knowledge of what OTs would do in certain situations, but it's a little bit of a challenge for us to sort of hold back sometimes. Yeah. Um, like, oh, you know, like we're, we're not here for that. Um, <laughs> but yeah. it's awesome because at the same time, we're really able to sort of experience the lived experience and the day-to-day moment-to-moment things um, of the genuine interactions that you get when you sort of step back from that clinical role and just sort of be there as a friend and a companion. Right, but it also can come in handy in very like minuscule pieces because me and Julia run a tech group every week and all the residents are welcome to come by, bring their iPad or just come to the technology room there where there's um, two computers, a TV, and just ask us any questions that they may have about technology. And as we help them maneuver the computer, find the solitaire game that they're looking for, find the YouTube page so that they can listen to music, we do kind of pull forward like a little bit of knowledge that may not be um, 100% OT specific, but definitely stuff that we've learned through our education about, you know, writing down steps to help them find it and kind of seeing what's working and what's not working and just like adapting our technique of showing them how to maneuver a computer depending on how we see they're receiving that, if that makes sense. Um, but yeah, it really is about just bringing in ourselves, not so much our professional or soon to be professional roles as occupational therapists. I think that's really well articulated. And I, I point out that really that is what an intergenerational relationship is in any context setting or environment that, you know, we do it with our grandparents or older adults in our family or neighbors in our you know neighborhood that they teach us stuff and we teach them stuff. It's just that two-way exchange. And I think that's the difference there is it's not just you giving out information in, a, in an I'm the therapist type of context, right? Definitely. Do you guys have access to um, cooking? Can you cook your own food? I know you mentioned eating with a resident some, but is there availability for cooking too? Yeah, there is. There is um, a little community kitchen that we could go to that's open to the residents. Um, and then... Yeah, we can, we can go to any meal that we want um, with the residents as well, down in the dining room. Very nice. What has been the biggest challenge for you guys in that program? I would say kind of what we already spoke about, finding that fine line between being too OT about living here and also bringing forward what 
um, Asana Care was looking for when they established the program, which is really like our true selves who just have an interest in learning about others and um, having a good time with others, regardless of this age barrier that people think almost needs to be needs to be there because it doesn't. And um, it definitely became much easier the more time that we've spent here. But initially I was a little hesitant of overthinking some things and applying and something that may not be appropriate for the setting as just being a student in resident here and just keeping my OT side in the classroom. Yeah, I can understand that for sure. I would say that my biggest challenge and something that I've really been trying to work on and that I'm hoping that working through this challenge will help me with um, my, <laughs> with what I hope to do in the future, but um, is engaging residents of all different cognitive levels in one activity. Um, I think that sometimes it's a little bit difficult to sort of hold the attention and have an activity that works really well for people who are a little bit higher cognitively um, while at the same time also engaging and not having it be too hard for people who might be a little bit lower um, or have some more confusion. Um, and just sort of how can I do that in order to keep everybody's attention and to have an activity that really engages everybody um, with those differences. Yeah, because that really speaks to back to trying to blend in and having that reciprocal back and forth learning and also the lived experience. I mean, there's there's really not a better way to learn about somebody's life than to live with them or live amongst them in that way. And I wanted to ask you, when, especially when you mentioned the phrase lived experience, if you plan to do any sort of research publication or write-up about your experience? Because that really, you know, that's kind of a qualitative research phrase. Right. I, yeah. I think it would be a, a really interesting opportunity to present and share all of the experiences and the, like, self-perceived findings that we've gathered while living here, because it will be almost a full year that we would have been here maybe like eight months or something yeah. close to that yeah. um, but I never thought about an actual you know setting up an actual research type of mm -hmm. um, presentation where we went through all the steps of a research project or research topic yeah. but that would be interesting it would, to, yeah it would be really incredible to have that experience to sort of share all the information that we've got from the lived experience yeah. yeah i would encourage you to think about that from a qualitative standpoint so really to look at the at the how things went rather than you know a, a quantitative way and you could do that especially if you're journaling or something like that you could do that retrospectively so you wouldn't even have to get you know irb approval or make it anything formal until after the experience if you wanted. I just, I would love to read about that. I think that would be so neat. And some of the questions that we're talking about, like your biggest challenge and that kind of thing could be information in there that people could really pull from it. Yeah, um, definitely. I think it would be cool to present at AOTA something yes. along those lines. So that's, thank you for your inspiration. That's yeah. definitely something that we're going to look into and talk about um, as our time here 
continues and soon might come to an end. So, well, I would love so much to read that. Cause it's, I mean, it's cool to talk to you guys during it, but after it, you know, you'll have a different perspective too. And one thing I want to ask is what do you think you will miss the most when it's over? Oh, so many things. Um, I think for me, there are certain residents that I have just connected with on a, it's, it's a hard connection to explain because it's so like um, interpersonal. It's just kind of the, the way the conversation flows so smoothly and the way that you can laugh with each other about missing a trivia question that you may not be able to laugh with every resident with because um, you just connect with people on certain levels that are, it really is just hard to put into words. But some of the connections here that I have made just thinking about, you know, possible, because I, I don't live um, very locally. I'm about two hours away. So coming back to visit may be a struggle, especially as my professional career starts to develop. Um, so just, you know, having to have that conversation of goodbye and hope to see you soon is going to be really tough, especially with a few select residents mm -hmm. who I just they've become such a huge part of my life and have such a special place in my heart. Yeah, that's understandable for sure. I mean, you know, most people in OT school create a bond with their cohort, their group that they're in all or almost all classes with. And you have this going on in addition to that. So, you know, it, it'll be quite a transition to, to leave some of this behind, I guess. Has there been anything that has happened or that you've, figured out that was kind of, that you didn't expect during this experience? Maybe um, for me, I would say I am a talker. I love to talk. I love to connect with people and not everybody is that way. There were some residents here that were over the moon excited to have us. And then there are other who were a little more um, interpersonal and they didn't have that um, like overwhelming, like welcome, not necessarily because they don't want us here, just because they are less maybe animated and enthusiastic as I am. So um, I think that the comfortability with silence with certain residents, whether it's eating in the dining room or um, them coming to a program and kind of staying on the outskirts and observing from afar. Um, I don't know why I never really like envisioned it like that. I envisioned it as like this huge party that every resident mm -hmm. like comes to um, when in the reality, that's not what everyone is looking for from this program. Some people just do like to um, sit on the outskirts and observe from afar and that's fulfilling to them and that's completely okay. So just being um, mindful of everyone's own way of, like reaping the benefits of this mm -hmm. opportunity um, and understanding that I think is something I didn't expect, but now I fully do understand having been here for a few months. Yeah, that's really interesting. Um, what has been the most rewarding? You've kind of touched on this, but is there anything specifically just, or just those relationships? Personally, the most rewarding part of it to me is I could go out and have a horrible day at class or be stressed out by field work. And even if I think that I'm going to be so stressed when I get back, I immediately just like sort of melt and <laughs> there's just so much joy and happiness that this place has to it that um, 
when I come back from school, it always, it just helps me to de-stress and. Yeah. Especially talking to some of the residents after coming back from a hard day, they've lived through that and they've lived through even harder, just like going through life as a normal adult and now sitting back and relaxing and being at a fun activity. And it's just nice that when you talk to them, they always want to know about your day. And if you talk about it, they're like, you'll get through it. Like, yeah. Um, it gets like, you know, it gets better. There's so, there's so much to look forward to. They're so motivating and it's just rewarding to hear that, but also know that you're giving to them in a sense because they just love to hear about what life is like for us, especially nowadays. It really is the small things that are the most rewarding as well. Sometimes you just catch somebody in the hallway or somebody comes up and puts their hand on your shoulder, gives you a hug, or if you finally find something that you have a connection with with somebody, um, you find a similarity, something that you guys bond over, and or if it brings back a memory and it lights up their face, I think that's definitely the most rewarding is just all of the, the love that the residents give to us as well. Yeah. That's really great. It's really, you know, I can't think of really a better way for empathy to be heightened in an OT student than to, you know, to learn about people that are somewhat similar, but somewhat different and have different perspectives and experiences and, and are so willing to share in a two-way fashion that experience. I think that's just wonderful. Well, I do want to ask you guys what your thoughts are on recommending something like this for another OT student somewhere else or in your, in the same program that you're in, would you recommend it to somebody else? I definitely would. I think that if you are the type of person who um, hears about this program and is like, wow, that sounds really interesting or that sounds really exciting, then I would go for it because it really is even more than you would expect just hearing other people's experiences or even watching like a video clip of other people's experiences being here like we did initially because everyone's experience is going to be different because we're all bringing different qualities to this um, assisted living community. Um, I wouldn't have any reservations about joining this program and joining this community. Um, as long as you really do have an interest and a passion mm -hmm. in um, being one with the geriatric community because they are an amazing community and I've learned so much. I hope the residents could say the same. Yeah. And mm -hmm. I just feel so grateful for having had this opportunity. That's a great recommendation for sure. As we go to close, I want to ask you all if you have anything that you want to share with the listeners besides the information and inspiration that you already have shared in the interview, just something you might find interesting or informative. Yeah, so I have been working on um, a legacy book with one of my residents and we're talking about, oh, she's not my resident, one of the residents here, excuse me. Um, and she shared with me a piece of advice, and I would like to share that with you guys. Um, so this is from one of the residents, and she said, don't have too many preconceptions in life and let people show you who they are first without judgment. And I thought I would take that with me when she told that to me. Yes, that's a really good piece of advice for sure. Yes, and this resident is so, so incredibly knowledgeable and so well-versed in so many aspects of life. Um, 
I would love to read her book when you, or her oh, um, legacy story when you finish it. And I think that that being, that quote being spoken from this particular resident is such a strong statement. So I'm so happy she shared that with you. You shared that with us. Yeah. Anything else? I don't want to, I don't want to leave either one of you out in the recommendations. Um, I just think that it's so important, like maybe speaking off of this quote by this resident and my own experience here, I think it's so important to just go into a program like this or anything with such an open mind. And obviously there are going to be concerns that you have and fears that you have and worries and excitement, but you really don't know what you're getting yourself into until you just dive right into it. And keeping the open mind is so important because I had a lot of ideas coming in here um, and coming into this program of things I wanted to do. But once you fully understand yourself, the community and you immerse yourself into it, everything changes and you have new ideas flowing and even better ones that fit the community once you feel what the energy in here is like. And that's when it becomes really um, individualized and personal. So um, I think that coming into a program like this or anything in life, just to be open-minded is a really important and strong message. Very, very good advice. Well, thank you both for sharing about your experience there in the student in residence program. I appreciate you taking the time out of your busy OT student schedule and I will um, keep an eye out for anything that you are able to publish out or present from this and hope to run into you guys at an AOTA conference or something else in the future. Thank you so much for speaking with us today. Thank you guys and good luck to you. Oh, thank, thank you. you. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read the show notes or find out how to access any of the resources discussed on the podcast, you can visit the website at www.ontheair.us. I'd also like to ask you to share with others about the podcast to help us connect with even more people interested in teaching and learning about occupational therapy and OT-related topics. Thanks again, and I look forward to engaging on future episodes. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.